Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Well, hey, happy Mother's Day. Uh, Glad you're here this morning. Uh, Welcome to Lighthouse Community. I especially want to welcome all of our guests here in the house. Um, If you're joining us online, uh, Lighthouse Online, Bluffton Community, Fostoria Launch Team, all of that, we're super glad you're with us. My name is Fritz. Uh, I am one of the pastors here. (laughs) You stop that. (laughs) Just kidding. Just a little more. No, I just... uh... (laughs) No, super glad you guys are here. I do want to draw attention. Uh, Heidi mentioned earlier uh, that connection call. This is just a great way to get to know you, Um, let us know about things that uh, God's doing in your life. Maybe you want to share a prayer request with us. Uh, I would encourage you to leverage that tool uh, here today and and connect a little bit more. Here's a question for you. Have you ever reached a goal, and yet after you reached it, you kind of still felt disappointed? Or it wasn't quite as fulfilling as you had thought that it was going to be? Uh, so when I was in high school, uh, I used to play lead guitar for a band, right? I had like flowing locks and uh, grungy clothes. Yeah, it was, it was the 90s. So um, yeah, but the one thing that I wanted more than anything else was I wanted a Dean Flying V guitar, right? Like this is what it looked like. It was like, yeah, that was, it's like, I mean, Right, like, yeah, that was that was my dream, and so I thought they were so cool, and so I worked, and, and I saved, and then and then right there it was. I went. I remember I bought it, and I, and I like had it in my hands. It's like holding Excalibur, right? Like there it is. My life was now complete. Do you know where that guitar is today? Yeah. No, good try, though. No, I'm asking you. I wonder if you know. I don't know where it is. Uh, you know, like, <laughs> I'll check there, though. I think it's in my guest room downstairs uh, in near the basement. Um, but, uh, you know, it's been sitting there, wherever it is, just unplayed for, uh, for decades, maybe. Uh, it's just gone untouched. And I remember thinking, uh, when I wanted that guitar, I'll be so happy when I get that guitar, right? Life will be better. And, and it was for a few months, and, and then after a while, like, I remember not too long, I bought another guitar that I needed, and then another, and, and at one point, I think I had about 10 guitars, um, and you, you can't play them all at the same time, right? And so I think about that, and I go, man, what happened to just wanting the one, right? Like, I just need that one. Have you ever had a situation like mine, and, and you, like, think about you know, you don't really necessarily say it out loud, but you think about it in your mind. And you go, uh, man, I will be so happy once I graduate, right? Like, my life will be complete uh, if I can just get married and start my life. It'll be so much easier when I start making more money, right? Uh, things like, I'll stop working so hard when I reach insert whatever thing after the fact, Right? But here's the question that no one wants to answer. And quite frankly, nobody even really wants to ask this question. Will you? Like, for real, like, will, will you really? Will you really be happy when you reach whatever goal that is? Like, will you be satisfied? Will you really be content? Will you really be fulfilled? And that's it, and that's all you need, and nothing more. 
Because here's typically what happens, those who have traveled that road before, it's like you graduate and you weren't really satisfied when you graduated because then this new like discontent bubbled up within you, this discontent called needing money through a job, right? And so now it's like, well, now I need a job and, I'll, and everything will be better if I can just get a job. And then later it's like, well, everything will be better if I can just, you know, if I can get married, right? But it's not enough to get married. It's got to be a great marriage full of joy. And then, you know, you bring in little people and all of that. Um, and, you know, more money hasn't been enough. And quite frankly, has more money actually made anything much easier, right? I think it was a great philosopher, Biggie Smalls. Mo money. No problems, right? Like, I just, uh, right. but the, the reality, this is, this is representative of a larger issue that every single one of us face. And it's what I would call perpetual discontent. Perpetual discontent. Now, I'm, I'm not suggesting that we should, like, simply exist as lumps who, like, hang out and don't have any desires or any goals. And I'm not saying goals or, or having, having those things to want to grow is, is wrong. Um, the hang-up, I think, is in the motivation. The hang-up is in the motivation. There is an assumption that very, quite frankly, most of us carry that reaching those goals will bring us satisfaction, if I can just do that, then I'll be a more joyful person. And the problem is, we're not. We're not satisfied. We, we want more. right? It, just, it never really ends. And I think it's worth asking the question. I'm asking it in my own life. Like, what's behind that? What's behind this constant discontent, this perpetual need to be satisfied, Right? Well, in asking that question, and we're looking at the scriptures today, I want to show you what the Bible has to say about the one way to experience genuine satisfaction in your life. And so if you brought a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, it's in the Old Testament after Psalms, but Isaiah 55, or you can click over there on your device. Uh, we're in this series called The God of Promise, and we're looking at the uh, character of God and the promises that he's made in the book of Isaiah. And our goal this morning is to help you understand what the Bible is saying so that you can know who God is. Because when you know who God is, like for real, like how he has actually revealed himself, not our own assumptions, you can actually start to understand how he works and what it is that you can expect from him. And when you know that, that will begin to change your life. It'll transform who you are. And so I'm going to read uh, Isaiah 55 from the ESV. That's what's on the screen, but you can follow along uh, in the version that you have. This is what it says, starting in verse 1. This is God speaking, by the way. Uh, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know and a nation that did not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. 
Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring up, bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. There are three truths that are screaming out of this passage that I'd like to share with you today very briefly. And the first one is this. We're all seeking satisfaction. We're all seeking it. That's, that's verse 2, right? That's what verse 2 is saying. And we look in all kinds of places for this thing that we seem to be missing. And if we can just get it, then life will be better. And what God is saying, he's going, listen, I see all of you who are searching. In fact, when you go outside of Isaiah 55 and you read actually chapters 54, 55, and 56, you see that God was actually talking to this really diverse group of people who all felt like they were missing something. And if they could just get it, then their lives would be better. And because they were missing this thing, they felt like outsiders. They felt like outcasts. By the way, speaking of that, look at the way that God describes himself in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 8. He says this, the Lord God who gathers the outcasts. I love that. Like God gathers the outsiders and draws them to himself. So I want to tell you, like if you're feeling on the outside, you're feeling like you're missing something, just know that God is God of the outsiders. He's God of the outcasts and pulls them in to himself. And so God is likely drawing you today. And so he's speaking to this diverse group of people. He's speaking to the childless. He's speaking to those who are facing suffering. He's speaking to those who are in poverty. He's speaking to foreigners who feel like they don't fit in. He's speaking, uh, he's speaking to eunuchs uh, that are here as well. And so all of these people have this sense of like, I'm, I'm missing something that if I had it, then life would be better and I'd be fulfilled. If, if, if I just had kids, if I, if I can be free from suffering, if I had more money, then I'll have everything that I need. But in verse 2, God is saying you can have all of the things and still not be satisfied. Right? You can have all the things and you still won't be satisfied. And we feel this discontent, right? Just similar to these people as well. 
And, and I think what we do is, especially in our culture, we assume that the answer must be in more. The answer must be in new. The answer must be, there must be some deeper desire that I haven't explored yet, and I need to go after and find that thing. And that will make me fulfilled. L- listen, you can go after all of that stuff, right? You can accumulate all of those things. And here's what will happen. You'll have all that stuff and you'll still be miserable too, right? Like that's where that goes. In fact, the deeper we chase after satisfaction, the more empty we feel as you're chasing it. We go looking for blessing, but we end up with thorns and briars. And when the new wears off, we end up having to go look for the new all over again, right? Like that's the reality. I love what Christian writer C.S. Lewis wrote about this, this longing that we have for satisfaction. He says, uh, probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care on the one hand never to despise or to be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other never to mistake them for the something else of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or mirage. What he's saying is, I shouldn't disdain earthly blessings, but I shouldn't put all of my hope in them either. Because actually they're designed to draw me to something greater. And I would say to someone greater who can actually do and fulfill our desires, right? And so this world's not meant to provide your ultimate satisfaction, but rather it's a directing of where true fulfillment is. So it begs the question, right? So what is the real source of satisfaction? Well, that's the second truth, right? Genuine, lasting satisfaction is only found in God. Genuine, lasting satisfaction is only found in God. This is the secret, right? This is the secret that we're talking about. The one way to experience genuine fulfillment in, in verses 1 through 3 of chapter 55, uh, God made a very bold statement. Essentially what he says is this, I'm the only one who can meet the need for every single person. I'm it. I can meet the need of the childless. I can meet the need of the suffering. I can meet the need of the poor. I can meet the need of the foreigner. I can, right, everybody. I meet the needs for absolutely everybody, even for the people who think they're doing just fine and they don't need anything. I can meet the need for those people and they don't even realize it. You know, it's interesting that the Bible even describes God as the only one who satisfies all of creation, right? People, animals, the universe, right? When you start to look through the Bible, he keeps pointing to himself. It's me. It's me. No one satisfies like I do. And so do you see what God is saying here? He's being very personal. He's saying, listen, I'm the only one you need. I'm the only one you truly need. And the reason you feel like an outsider is because you're seeking joy. You're seeking satisfaction outside of me. And you'll always feel like an outsider, when you do that. See, it begins with the premise of this, that God created you. That's where Genesis begins, right? The entire first book of the Bible, the the first verses point to the fact that you and I are creations of God. And as created by God, your creator knows everything about you. He knows your likes. He knows your dislikes. He knows what you need. He knows what you want. He even knows the things you don't tell anybody else, right? Because that's how well that he knows you. 
Now, uh, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, uh, when talking about prayer, one of the things he uh, revealed about the character of God, he says this, your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. That's your creator. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what you need before you even ask, sometimes before you even realize what your need is, right? Now, our culture has put forth a different message. And, and that message that I've learned anyways, kind of growing up is things like this, and I hear it quite often. It's this message. Do what feels right to you. Follow your heart. If it makes you happy, you are the only one who can satisfy you. And so go do whatever it is that you need to do, right? That's, that's the message that our culture is putting out right now. And I'm going to tell you something really clear. That message is empty. There is no substance in that at all. You know what that is? That's empty calories. That's wolfing down the ho-ho really quick, right? And you just know you got to get something in there, right? Like that's, that's what that is. Listen, we all know what we want, okay? Understand that. We all know what we want. God's the only one who actually knows what we need. And hear me on this. We need God. We need him, and he knows that, and he's offered himself to us. That's where F.F. Bruce, who's a theologian, wrote this. He said, the soul's deepest thirst is for God himself who has made us, catch this, so that we can never be satisfied without him. The soul's deepest thirst is for God himself who has made us so that we can never be satisfied without him. You will never be satisfied without God. And the flip side of that, with God, you will be satisfied no matter the situation that you face. That's the goal. That's the inverse, right? It's this amazing thing. And you might go, wow, wow, you're just, you know, that. no, no, no. What the, uh, the disciple maker Paul wrote in Philippians chapter four, uh, completely in context, powerful. Uh, let's do this. Let's actually read this verse out loud together, starting with, I know what it is to be. Uh, there's two verses, so we'll jump over to the next slide. Lots of enthusiasm, joy. Are you ready? Go. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Here's the secret, by the way, on how to live this way. Are you ready? Go. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Do you know who him is? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it. it. Yeah, it's God. It's Christ. That's what Paul's talking about, right? This isn't a verse that you yell out before you do a new max on your bench press, right? Or, you know, I can score all the touchdowns because Christ can empower me. No, this is, I know what it is to have plenty, to be overwhelmed in abundance. And I know what it is to be in overwhelming need. And I have learned the secret of contentment, what Paul says. And he goes, you want to know what the secret is? It's Christ. It's Christ. He's the secret. He's the only one that can genuinely satisfy. No one else, nothing else can do that. So it begs the question, well, well then how? 
How do I receive fulfillment through God? Well, that's the last truth for us today in Isaiah 55. And it's this, pursue Jesus. Pursue Jesus. Isaiah said it this way in verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. What he's saying is this, if you're done spending your money, if you're done spending your energy, if you're done spending and quite frankly wasting your time chasing after all of these empty calories, do what God has invited you to do throughout this entire chapter of Isaiah, right? There's all of these like invitations when you read through the chapter. It's things like this, come, listen, seek, call, turn, repent, forsake. Right? Those are the invitations, and it's all pointing to pursue Jesus, chase after Jesus, seek after him. Now, your first step in pursuing Jesus is actually found in verse 7. Uh, we call that repentance, okay? That's what this verse is talking about. It says this, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man essentially forsake his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now, repentance is, uh, is one of these words that I think gets thrown around in the church, and we don't always have a really good grasp on what that means or what that looks like. So I'd like to just take a quick moment and explain what repentance really looks like. And at its heart, repentance is like this three-step process, okay? Uh, step one is this, realizing that trying to find satisfaction without God is a pitch in the dirt, right? Like, it is, it is a waste. And, and so it's coming to that realization going, why am I doing that? I keep banging my head against the wall, and it's actually hurting more. What should I do? <laughs> stop, <laughs> right? Number one, stop. It's not working. Don't do that anymore. Second thing is this, a part of repentance. The second step in repentance is this. Leave that plan behind. Let it go. Walk away from the wall <laughs> so you can't even start to hit your head on it anymore, Right? It's, it's, this, it's this decision where you go, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. That's the second part of repentance. Now, the third part is very, very critical. All three are, but this is usually the part where most people get tripped up because what they do is they realize this is a waste. I'm not going to do that anymore. But then the third part is you have to choose something else. And what happens so often is people repent to something different, but it's the same as what they left before, right? Well, man, chasing after money, that's a waste of my life. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to chase after relationships with people, right? That's wildly different. No, it's not, right? Because you're still seeking satisfaction without God, the core piece. So this third part of repentance is this, is making the decision to trust God and look to him for satisfaction in everything. In everything, right? And what Isaiah is saying is when you do that, you don't get the long lecture from your dad. You don't get the I told you so. You don't, right? You don't get it. You know what you get? Isaiah says this you get compassion from the Lord, you receive forgiveness from the Lord. By the way, that forgiveness is the very beginning of true satisfaction in your life. That's the first move. That's the first step. 
Now, some of you might be wondering, well, okay, if forgiveness is so central to that, how can I be sure that God's going to forgive me? How do I know that God's going to be the one who will satisfy me and that he is actually going to forgive me? Well, that's exactly what Larry taught on last week when we went through Isaiah chapter 53. And so you really should go back and catch that if you haven't already. But basically what Larry said is that Jesus suffered all the punishment, all the punishment for our sin, okay? Jesus did that. And he was crushed under the weight of our self-leadership so that we didn't have to be, okay? What that means is there is now no more punishment for those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. Let me say that again, because some of you are going, wait, what is that? that? There is now no more punishment for those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, okay? You need to hear that. You go, how do you know that? Because God has described himself as just. He's just. And it would be unjust for God to receive double payment for something he's already received payment for. Do you see what I'm saying? It would be unjust, it would be out of God's character for him to receive punishment on you if you've already put your faith in Christ because Christ received all of the punishment for you. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why all the punishment is gone. That's how you know God is going to forgive you. You can trust him, and that's the beginning of contentment. And what God does, he says, listen, if that's not enough, in verse 10, basically what God does is he says this little poem. He's like, listen, so do you know how like April showers bring May flowers? You know how that happens? Like the rain comes down, and it always waters the earth, and it causes things to grow and good things to happen. And that always happens. I'm like that. You can count on me when I tell you I'm going to do something. I always do it. I always keep my promises. I never back down. I never fail. I never, right? I'm always keeping the word that I say. And it always accomplishes what I set it out to do. And so what he's saying is this. I told you that if you turn away from your sin and you put your trust in me, and by the way, don't make excuses for your sin. Like, don't try to justify it. Don't try to make like, well, God, I'm a special case, and this is why I need to stay in my sin. Uh, you know, everybody else, they need to, but, uh, you know, no, it's just like, this is it. This is, this, is, I, this is where I'm at. I have no excuse for it. I love myself too much, right? God says, don't make excuses for it, but if you'll abandon your sin and you trust me instead, I guarantee I'll satisfy you. I guarantee I'll transform your life. And it begins with repentance. It begins with repentance. So pursue Jesus. A big part of pursuing Jesus is learning how to hear God's voice through the Bible, learning how to hear his voice through prayer and through other growing disciples. I'd like to dial in on hearing him through the Bible for just a moment. Uh, You've got to know that God speaks through the Bible. He does. Now, not like an audible voice, right? It's, it's, not, uh, it's not James Earl Jones uh, you know, speaking to you. No, it could be for listening to it on your phone. But rather, um, what, what it is, is God has already spoken to the depths of our soul through the truth that he shared. And so you're reading the scriptures, and there's moments where you'll read passages of words, and it's like, that's like, that's where I am right now. And when you're reading the scriptures, I would encourage you to do things like this. Ask questions like, as you're reading, going, what is God showing me about his character right now? Right? What is he showing me about himself? Also, what is God showing me about what my life is supposed to look like? relying on him, because that's in there too. Here's, here's another question I, I would encourage you to ask. Do I believe 
in a way that's contrary to what I'm reading right now? Do I live in a way that's contrary to what I'm reading right now? Right? Ask those questions and see what God may say to you and to lead you. By the way, when, um, not if, but when the Holy Spirit uh, does uncover an area of disagreement between you and him, do you know what you do? You repent again, <laughs> right? You repent, you go, yeah, that's a waste of time. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to trust Jesus, right? And it's going to keep coming up um, because, and you can ask questions like, what's behind this desire to, for something different than God? Why is that there? Ask that question. Turn away from it. Expect God to be the one who satisfies you, right? Because he will. By the way, <laughs> this is a little side note. Um, if your God never disagrees with you, or only allows you to do whatever it is that you want to do, and only pats you on the head and says, "Sure, go ahead, no problem." Um, it's not the God of the it's not the God of the Bible that you're following. You're following you. You're listening to yourself, right? Because God is going to confront you <laughs> about stuff in your life. I was reading in John chapter 4 this morning, confronted, okay? Like <laughs> right before I came in here today. So um, yeah, God's going to confront you. Pursuing Jesus means there's going to be adjustments in your life. Some are going to seem small. Some are going to feel very, very significant. But all of them, whether they're large or whether they're small, they're a part of this abandoning self-leadership and choosing to trust God instead, okay? It's looking to God for satisfaction instead of yourself. And so um, there's going to be adjustments and changes for all of us. And, and, and the list of changes is like endless, okay? And it's different for every person, just a couple of ideas, things like this. Um, if you're a heroin dealer, God's going to ask you to change your job, okay? Uh, I can pretty well guarantee that one, all right? Um, so there's going to be adjustments and there's going to be changes. Um, if, uh, if you love gossip, God is going to ask you to change the types of things that you engage in conversation in. If you have a relationship with another person that's outside of God's design, he's going to ask you to change that, right? If you love money, God's going to ask you to release your hold on that thing. You see, here's why. You can't stay where you are and go with God. You can't stay where you are and go with God. Because what he's doing is he's calling you out, of that stuff. <laughs> Remember the stuff that's empty calories, the stuff that doesn't really fill, the stuff that doesn't really satisfy? He's telling you, leave that. Walk away from that. Abandon it and come follow me. Now, I listed off a couple of external changes, but the major change is going to come in your, your heart. That's where the transformation really begins. It starts there and it begins to happen from the inside out. And as the Holy Spirit leads and transforms you, here's what's going to happen. You're either going to resist his leadership in your life or you're going to surrender to him and look to him for satisfaction. By the way, the more you trust God, the more your satisfaction and joy grows in him. Right? It just keeps increasing in him. Now, I'm going to, share, I'm going to get personal because I'm going to share something with you that, uh, that might shock you. Uh, last week, my wife Christine and I we, we had an argument. I know. I'm, I'm shocked too. Uh, it was amazing. Um, it, it, it was a problem of seeing and understanding. Um, 
Christina couldn't see that I was right, and I couldn't understand how she couldn't see that, right? Like, that's, that was the real problem that was going on. Um, <laughs> she's not in this service, so uh, I can do that. <laughs> um, but I remember being mad. I, I remember being mad that we saw things so differently. I, uh, I was mad that we weren't getting along. I was actually mad at the fact that I was mad, and, and I didn't know how to stop. Have you been there? Like, I didn't know how to stop being mad in that moment. And so I, I got alone for a little bit. And when I was alone, I just started asking. I was like, God, you're going to have to help me with this thing. And the Holy Spirit helped me to see that actually I was looking for satisfaction in the conflict and in making her pay through distance. I was looking for satisfaction in that. And it wasn't audible, but I remember the Holy Spirit asking this question. Are you going to find your own satisfaction in this? Or are you going to follow me? Because you know where this pathway leads. If you keep going down the direction you're going, the wedge keeps driving down and it keeps going wider and wider and wider. You know where that goes, right? And so the only way forward with me is if you forgive. If you give it and you ask for it. Okay. So I remember in that moment, and being, being transparent, I did not want to do that. But I knew that this was truth, that God was speaking to me. And so in that moment right there, I asked God to forgive me for chasing after satisfaction on my own without him. And then I asked God, or I asked Christina, same thing. Um, no. <laughs> I asked Christina if she would forgive me, right? And, and I gave her forgiveness as well. And it was a moment that I realized that I really was pursuing satisfaction without God. And, and I felt like an outsider to him, and I felt like an outsider to my wife, and I felt like an outsider to just everybody else. And so what I did was I repented. I abandoned that. It's like, that's a pitch in the dirt. Why am I doing that? That's stupid. And I turned to God, right? And it began to become my satisfaction again. So here's what I want to invite everybody to do this week. I want to invite you this week is to set aside 30 minutes, okay? It's not that much, right? Set aside 30 minutes this week where you can get by yourself. And here's all I want you to do. Reflect. Reflect on your life. Seriously. 30 minutes, reflect on your life. And I want you to ask a couple of questions. What am I looking for to satisfy me? Ask that question. What am I looking for to satisfy me? What am I, what am I really pursuing? What have I put my weight on to hold me up through the tough times of life? And listen, be honest. Your God knows you. <laughs> he created you. So just be honest and be transparent, right? Mind stuff. If it's not Jesus, don't justify it. Just say what it is. Jesus, I'm chasing something else besides you. And don't make excuses for it. Don't ex explain why you're a unique situation. But just identify it. And then make a decision. Make a decision. And your decision is either I'm going to keep looking for satisfaction on my own, chasing after empty calories, or 
I'm going to abandon that and I'm going to turn to the Lord and I'm going to pursue Jesus and look to him for the real thing. Look ahead just a little bit. Like think about when you're nearing the end of your life. What's really going to satisfy your deepest longing? Like when you're nearing the end of life, your deepest longing, is it more money? Is that what's going to satisfy you near the end of your life? Guess what? When you're gone, someone else gets it. Is it, is it new, wild, and crazy experiences? Is that what will satisfy you? Guess what? They're a memory if you still even have that. Is it all this time and energy that you put in your business and you built this thing up and now you got, guess well, now it belongs to someone else. Right? Listen, these things are not evil, but when you put your weight on them to meet your satisfaction, they become toxic. And they actually begin to steal from you. And God is saying, put your trust in me. One day, for those who are in Christ, when you step into the new earth and the new heaven after your time here is done, I want to tell you something. You are not going to be disappointed at all. In fact, you'll step into everlasting, complete, total satisfaction because you're with him completely unfiltered, right? Pursue Jesus. He's the only one who can satisfy you. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. And I'd like you to ask this question. Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And I want to give you an opportunity to listen. I don't know what your last two weeks have been, uh, but the last two weeks for me have been uh, this constant bombardment of competing agendas, ideas, thoughts that has crossed over all the way into what I would classify as spiritual battle, just quite frankly. That's just, that's just me. And so I have no clue the things that you're facing, but I can't uh, I can't believe that we're that wildly different from one another, that that's not something that you face as well in your life. And so, I don't know, maybe the last couple of weeks, maybe the last few months has just been this overwhelming battle of, of just sin knocking at your door, temptation inviting you, competing agendas, things wanting to draw your attention away from the Lord, right? Pulling you, all of these types of things. And I'm wondering if you've been starting to feel overwhelmed, like I had been feeling overwhelmed. This is why we pray every Sunday morning. So let me tell you what's gonna happen. We're gonna have prayer leaders who are gonna be available in the corners of the rooms. And so they're gonna start heading to those areas now and they're gonna be available to pray with you about any area of your life. And maybe you've been battling some things. Maybe, uh, you know, and you're just looking for the Lord to give you guidance and leadership and freedom and hope and, and speak vision into your life. You know, this morning I was reading about Jesus giving healing to, to a man's son. Maybe that's what you're seeking. And, and, and you're just looking for God to, to come near and to draw near. This is what prayer is about and for. 
And so the band's going to lead us in one more song. And if you'd like to pray about any area of your life, we're available to pray with you. And don't be embarrassed. Don't feel awkward. Like this is what we do when we gather together. And so I want to pray for you, and then I'm going to invite you to pray as well. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.